number one recommendation that you give to all agents out there going into this into this new season? The one recommendation that I would tell them is do not scale back. This is the moment to scale forward. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. When did you hire your first uh, teammate in your agency? (laughs) So I hired my sister first teammate and my sister at the time she wasn't working she was a stay-at-home mom her husband did all the work so i i i saw her one day like probably a month and a half in into the agency she was sitting at home and i was like hey why don't you just get off the couch and come and help me do something around the office (laughs) and she's like what are you talking about i'm like well i can't really pay you a lot like i give you 50 bucks a day but all i need you to do is maybe uh just pick up the phone so that I don't have to be the first person to pick up the phone and uh, maybe uh, call some people and ask them that their payment is due. And she, she knew nothing about insurance. <laughs> she never worked in a, a day in her life. You know, always stay at home mom. And uh, so she didn't want to do it, but then I kind of convinced her to do it because I'm in sales. So you got to sell them on the, on the dream. Right. I convinced her to come and and come and work for me. And all she would do is, just uh, call all my alerts, people who are pending payments. Uh, we text people for payments. So I had her send out text messages for uh, payment reminders. And uh, we're four years in and she's now full-time. She kind of runs the office when I'm not here. I know a lot of pharmacy agents that would wish to steal her away from me. Wow. That's awesome. So she knows insurance very well. And yeah, she's, she's still here with us. Oh, so cool. So that, was my, that was my first employee. It's, it's it's kind of fun having my sister around here because, you know, at, growing up, I grew up with nothing but brothers. So we kind of neglected our sister. <laughs> but I learned so much about her <laughs> working with her now. So and is she making $55, $55 a day now? <laughs> no, no she's, she's now making over 25 So. <laughs> Yeah, she's doing good. That's awesome. Yeah, well, no, I, I have to. If not, uh, these other farmers' agents were, are going to offer her like sixty bucks an hour. They'd love to steal her away from me. <laughs> so you come into this thing. You probably didn't have a ton of business sense. Maybe the other office you said was a, was a really big office, so it was busy, and you probably hadn't thought about like the traffic you need in order to write what you need to write in order to get the results that pay the bills. Like, what what did you do? Like, how did you put those pieces together in the beginning? I did, I did not. I did not know that. I I did not know how to like uh, do the math or anything like that. The only thing I knew was that I had a lot of friends and family that I could reach out to and ask them to switch over to me. So all I wanted to do was just kind of issue as much insurance as possible because I knew that if I issued a lot of policies, everything else would just kind of take care of itself, right? It wasn't until like. I'm uh, a few months into it that I started meeting other agents that they're asking me, what's your ROI? How many internet leads do you buy? How many policies you're writing? And, you know, I wasn't tracking any of that stuff. I was still thinking like a producer. I only had like about four bills, the rent, the light, you know, the internet and uh, the phone bill. So I didn't really have a lot that I needed to worry about. So I didn't really learn 
that I needed to really be more organized and just really track this stuff until an opportunity was presented to me. So the district said, hey, we have this program called the Protégé Program. We want you to train somebody for us. And in return, whatever they write, you get to keep. We'll give you a bonus if they finish early. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I did the math. I was like, you know, it sounds like it's a free employee for a few months and they can help me with my growth. So I went ahead and, and did that. We graduated her within about four months. And during that time, my district manager was like, hey, you know, how many, how much policies has she ran? How many internet leads have you bought? So he ran a little bit of math with me and said, hey, you got to have this tracking system, you know, as uh, being a business owner in order for things to be successful. But, uh, you know, my first year or two, honestly, it was just dumb luck because we were just writing everything that came our way. We were writing both load of stuff just because we had a fresh book that hasn't been touched in years. I was able to sell a lot of life insurance, which kind of, uh, you know, tickled the district over there. <laughs> that's all they wanted us to do. So I had a lot of like opportunities to write a lot of stuff within the agency at the time. So I didn't really track or buy internet leads or anything like that. I just never thought I needed to. But now if you, you can ask me, you know, now that I'm on with Teledudes, I'm tracking it. I'm, I'm counting it. I'm an Excel spreadsheet Nazi now. So <laughs> I track all that stuff now. But at first, it's very, you're just, I had a lot of dumb. And how long did that go? Like, how long did the dumb luck carry you? That's what I want to get to the heart of. Two like, years. Two years. And so two it years. runs out, your friends and family, all of that stuff, the, the book, you pounded the book. Like, did it just sort of dry up? Like, did you get to this point where you're like, oh, no. No, I, I, I didn't because since I had successfully congra- uh, graduated my protege and I wrote a lot of life insurance, the district rewarded me by giving me a free book, small oh, book. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So with that little book, I had new blood to, to touch, new blood to kind of go after and cross sell. So it carried me on to the following year. And then yeah. the following year, I was able to get a smaller book. So it just kind of carried me on. But since I was only doing proteges at the time, you know, I knew that the staff members were only temporary. So they were coming in when they had a whole bunch of people they can sell to. Right. So for the first two years, I just had, I had all that stuff going for me. How, how long would they stay with you? The proteges? Yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to graduate them in six months because if I graduated them in six months, then it, I would get like an extra $7,000 bonus. So, so wait a minute. So you have free employees. No, you got to pay them. Well, I, I'm paying. I'm paying them, but the way I looked at it is, in six months, I got it. It was like thirty-one thousand dollars to complete yeah. the program. So it probably cost me about twelve thousand dollars in payroll, but I got a thirty-one thousand dollars bonus. So Seagraves does it. So your carrier gives you free employees <laughs> plus extra money on top of it. Plus if you're doing getting the free money, you're also going to get free books of business. Yeah. yeah. And the person who's going to become an agent has been trained on how to do everything in an agency. Well, giddy up. I mean, it's, it's a pretty genius thing. That's awesome. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's how, that's how I survived my first two and a half years. And right. now I have two, I have two sales producers plus my CSR and we do, we do, we're one of the top five in our district. Who is your sister, the CSR? Yes. Okay. So she doesn't like sales, but she's great at customer service. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Use her for her strengths. 
<laughs> exactly. Like yeah. So <laughs> she loves all that stuff. The, unfortunately, farmers killed the protege program right now just because uh, they're trying to slow down the, the growth production. But uh, the second that thing comes back, I'm going to be right on board on that. I'm going to say, that. I'm going to, I'm going to sign up. I'll train them a person. If it's going to give me a quote unquote temporary free employee with a little bit of bonus and uh, you know, doing this for them will get maybe, you know, rub them the right way and throw, they'll throw a couple of policies your way. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'll, I'll do it. Quickly. If I, even though we're not farmers, I'd be happy to, to take them in and, and get paid too to do that. Yeah. It's, it's genius. <laughs> and, uh, I, I got to talk in one of the in one of the meetings that farmers has about doing these proteges, trying to get other agents to, you know, jump on board. They didn't have a lot of agents willing to do it, so they asked me if I would talk, and I just explained to them, like, look, if you get thirty thousand dollars in the bonus, graduate them in six months, it probably cost you about twelve grand. So you've made a lot of money. Plus, you get to keep a hundred grand of what they wrote. Right, but they'll go and stick their money in a savings deposit in a savings account and get one percent. Right. Exactly. It would take exactly. 40 years to make the same return back. It's just crazy. Yeah. And, and now it's even, I think the program was, uh, before they killed it, was even getting better because farmers realized is that these protégés, when they go live, they needed to have a small book to just kind of give them a little bit of like income just to pay the rent or just something small. But what they're doing, what they were doing is they were temporarily parking that book in that agent's office at a hundred percent commission. So that agent would get the revenue of that book while they're being trained as well. So the bonus is still there. <laughs> the policy they write, you keep, and you get to make money on the book that they're going to take with them when they graduate. So they only wow. clean up the deal. But they slice that book. So if it's half a million, then that goes when they leave. Yeah. But as long as you have new ones coming in, who cares? Exactly. I mean, it's it just, it just, May, you, you could just make a lot more money on it. Actually, that, my, last, my second protege, I, I had that deal going on. They parked a $1.3 million book in my office that was generating about twelve grand in revenue a month. And I got to house that book for about five months. And then I got the full bonus. And then I got to keep $100,000. And some of the people in the book decided they did not want to leave. So I got to keep a couple of those of those policies. So it was, uh, it's it, was, crazy. it was it was it was such a great deal. I don't know why a lot of farmers agents weren't jumping on board on this. Are they insane? They're like, insane. They're insane. No, you know what? They're old. There's a lot. There's a lot of farmers agents that should be retired right now, and they don't. Yeah, but but these are like, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm old and I only play golf now. Oh, right, Craig. They, they don't want to do nothing. They don't want. No, I can't. I used book. to be old and only played golf. Now my knees are so bad I can't even walk. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, these guys don't want to touch anything. They don't want. They don't want to deal with nothing in their agencies anymore. They're treating their agency like if it's an annuity. Right. And they're right. just living off the revenues. They don't really care whether whether they're bleeding or not. They're just hey, if this book gives me more than Social Security, so it's just a better deal. Well, they better <laughs> well, watch true. it because. That's what happened with some other carriers that we know, and they've quashed that. They don't. They don't take away your book if you don't sell anything. You know, they they really, they legally can't, I guess, because of the old farmers' contracts were very uh, generous. Is what I heard. So what insure what farmers does now, and maybe this is what I can only assume that this is what they're trying to do. But by them putting changing the comp to variable and putting you know, a performance metric on there. 
is probably a deteriorating, a discouraging factor for some of these older heads. Yeah. Say, hey, if you guys don't, you know, sell, you're going to get cut by this much. And some people, some agents sell, some of them say, screw it. Even if they take half of it, I'm still in a better situation. Yeah. Mm. So let's switch gears, talk a little bit about marketing. I'm curious, you know, we, obviously you, you mentioned that Teledews and all that stuff. I don't want to necessarily talk too much about that, but I, but I do want to understand your experience over time using leads. So when did you first come across internet leads and realize that this was, was like the only way to buy traffic, right? Like to create so exchange yes. money and get quotes. So I, I've always worked in real leads at Ross's office. Ross always had um, the internet lead, uh, lead going on. I used to buy Facebook leads. So I've tried every, a lot of different marketing strategies as far as internet. The problem I had is I didn't have the resources to have staff and being able to dump an extra five, six grand on internet leads and turn that into sales. So as I started getting those these protégés, I started using some of that bonus money to buy the leads. So now I had money that did not belong to me and I can work it. So at that point is that's when I realized I need to use this money to start buying internet leads and start creating a database of yeah. people. So I was using farmers' money that they were giving me in exchange for a training to buy these internet leads from, from Data Law, Smart Financial, and you know a lot of different vendors that I use. But we've always worked them. and now I buy a lot of internet leads and obviously um, Teledews is in addition to what I, to my leads now, but we live on internet leads for sure. How was, did you get good results when you first started? Like my experience was we bought them. They, we would call a few times and we'd never really write anything. So I always had this bad taste in my mouth about internet leads because mm-hmm. I didn't understand like the math behind it, right? Back in the old days. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The math is kind of like something that I'm like still kind of learning on it, to be sincere with you. I know a little bit more than I did a year ago. So what I the, the way I see it now is, yes, at first, the internet leads are a little challenging to work if you're not used to them. I come from a background where I lived on internet leads. So it was just kind of more of a plug and play situation for me. The one thing that I still recommend to a lot of agents that are interested in buying is to have a good CRM tool where they can create a database. Because to me, even if a lead isn't closed today, I still have the data. So right. I bought the data. I can still call them six months from now, or I can call them every single freaking day. It depends on what CRM tool I have and what marketing strategies I feel. So a lot of people get discouraged because they just have them in their emails. They call them one or two times, and then they just, they just don't know how to work them. We worked them for years at Ross office. So I knew that, hey, just because they didn't pick up today, they're going to probably pick up six months from now, three months from now, sometimes two months from now when everybody stopped bombarding them with phone calls. Yeah. So that's, where, that's when, you have, when you have a nice CRM tool that can keep track of all this stuff for you. That's when it starts to really, really come in handy. I think that buying data leads is like buying a, to- like a car, uh, like a toy car without batteries. You know, they, they just got to work together. You need the batteries to get that car to work. And the same thing with the CRM tool. You need those leads, which are the batteries for it to work. And I think mm. people always buy those separate. And yeah. that's why they're not successful at it. Well, then there's multiple pieces, right? And then you need dials. And so like my mindset 
was coming from Merrill where I made a thousand dials by hand on a freaking, you know, crank phone, and I operate that, <laughs> you know, doing that thing. And like, oh, they need to do that too. But what I didn't understand was, oh, well, they can't make that many dials and quote 10, 10 people's households, right? It's impossible. Yeah. It's hard. And that was a big, that was a big aha. Like a big defining moment in this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Last year, I kind of learned a little bit more of it because I started hanging around. So the better I got and the better agent I became, I started rubbing shoulders with more wiser agents. And I started going to these gatherings where all these agents hang out. And, I, you know, I had a lot of bar conversations. And those bar conversations were very, very useful to me. So one of the things that I learned from one another agent, his name is Henry Morales. So you probably know him as well, too. I'm just not familiar with that company that you're mentioning. <laughs> okay, got it. So um, <laughs> this other, these other agents. So he, he, I was talking to him about my marketing strategies, and he's like, hey, what's Victor, his name? Why, First why name? are you turning Henry? Okay, I don't know. Enrique? No, don't know him. Enrique Morales. Oh. oh, know the name, but don't know him. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, I started hanging, I started rubbing shoulders with him a little bit more. And one of the things that he told me, he goes, Victor, he goes, why are you turning your closers into telemarketers? Mm. And at that point, I kind of took a step back and I was like, this guy's right. I got guys that are top-notch closers and all they're doing is sitting there cranking out phone calls. I need to figure out how to get these guys to stay on the phone quoting at all times. Mm, 100%. It was it was that change that kind of really launched me ahead of a lot of my competition when I yeah. figured that out. And uh, so what I did was I started buying, instead of data leads, I started buying live transfers. So, you know, that can get very, very expensive. But with Farmers Cost Share, where they'll reimburse us for half of it, well, they did a year ago. It just made a lot of sense because now I can say, hey, I'm going to pony up six grand worth of leads and it only cost me $3,000. So at that point is when I had all my guys just always quoting, always quoting, always quoting. And then my sales started really, really going up. Right. But I still had a whole bunch of data and they should still be worked. So that's when... uh I reached out to Ross and he's like, well, you know, I use Teledudes. <laughs> so I was like, you know, this is great. I can stick all this data that I have and have somebody call it. So my guys aren't telemarketers and then have them transfer it over. And I can kind of peel back some of the money that I'm spending on data loss, smart financial. And uh, I only started discovering this part of it since november of last year when i started making all these changes right so i went from writing thirty five thousand a month to set in december we did about sixty seven thousand. wow double yeah double and then february because like you yeah. you increase their capacity right it's like you could have your closers make calls but then 75 percent of the time all they're doing is dialing it's like having an oil well that only pumps 10% of the time, right? Or 25% of the time. And the rest exactly. is exactly. It's like, why, exactly. why would you remove capacity? Exactly. So February came along and we did it better because that's when I signed up for Teledudes. 
and uh, I signed. And, uh, you know, January was a little rough because I was spending most of my time programming everything. We did a, we did about 40000 in January. But once everything was dialed in, we went ahead and had a $97,000 month last month. Holy crap. And then this month, we're already at 47000 Oh, yeah, you and, have the weird wonky months because of farming. Yeah, so my, my month oh, technically yeah. will end on the 20th of March. Crazy. So a week into this, and we're on pace to really, really crushing last month's number. Unfortunately, they, they announced uh, this month that, hey, you know, we're going to have this 10-day hold on everything. So I'm just like, well, that's great. I just kind of figured out what I needed to do, and I want to <laughs> slow it down. Yeah. Wow. You three X'd what you were doing from November. And then, <laughs> and, and, and then was, this it month, was, it was wise words of wisdom. Why are you making your closers into telemarketers? 100%. And what, so here's a big piece to that, right? How did they feel back in October about making all those dials? And how, what do they think like <laughs> last month of, being able to talk to more people, like, was there a change in their personality? Were they more grateful, or were they? Oh, they 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 love the change. They love the change, and actually, the atmosphere in the office is actually significantly better. Love it. Everybody's excited. You know, the attitude around here is uh, is everybody's giggling. Everybody's yeah. always trying to close. It, I finally built that sales atmosphere that I've been wanting to have since day one. Love that. Dude. So isn't it, I finally isn't it cool, have. like you drive to the office and you're like, I'm excited to go in there, right? Like, that's oh what man, to I, I, it's so hard for me to leave my office. Yeah. Um, my wife gets on my case, like, hey, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. I'm like, really? I'm like, you know, I want, I was gonna leave, but then the basketball game started, so I kind of <laughs> don't here. tell me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah wrong like, I didn't want to miss it. I'm like, it should be over by 9 30. Um, <laughs> That, that doesn't fly. I work on Saturdays. I love being in here. I wake up. I genuinely wake up excited to come in to see what we're going to what we're gonna write. Yeah. What we're going to write. It's just weird for me right now because everything just happened. All these changes that to slow us down just occurred within the last week. Just right when I figured out what had to be done to really beat everybody in my district. But you know what? They're they're all going to face the same thing. And the great news is that well, you can't control that piece, right? As long as no. you keep doing what you're doing, that it it'll it's all going to work out. Like you're going to be great. Yeah, and and even even right now, I I made a I did a strategy now where now hey, we're going to focus on home since auto's kind of like the complicated one. But we're all pretty good at quoting home. So why can't we just double down on that? So that's kind of the uh, pivot we're making right now is we're just uh, going to buy leads specifically for home. And here's a, here's a secret. <laughs> the carrier I'm with doesn't allow to write my home. So I have mine with farmers. <laughs> it's a great policy <laughs> out here in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfor- unfortunately, that, that, that is, um, but you know, because of that carrier, people who work, at that company, just learn how to quote with multiple carriers. So because I had that experience of quoting with multiple carriers, the transition when I came here to farmers and I came to a situation where farmers said, no, I knew exactly where I needed to go. So, 
you know, being able to do that, I'm already ahead of some of my other, my competition, which is, you know, my colleagues because yeah. they don't know where to go. Love that. And I know the other guidelines. Super cool, dude. Well, I think it's awesome. I, I hope you can navigate through the changes. And I know like we, we're having the same kind of changes too. So it's just a lot to think about. I think that, you know, in these times, like here's my thought on it is in these times, it's, it's time to pivot. It might be time to pivot. It might be time to do a lot of different things. The last thing that is a good idea is to just stop doing anything. You know, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta have that something to light you up every day and going backwards is never a good idea. Right. We all know where that gets you. It gets you further uh, backwards. Uh, it, it gets us back to working for somebody if we do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when everybody else is, is tightening up too, right? Like yeah, the contra- the contrarian view, the Warren Buffett mentality is real, right? Like, Everybody else is like, oh, it's all oh boy recession. I got to cut back on my on my marketing. It's like, dude, everybody's cutting back. What are you doing? There's, it's all opportunity now, right? Less mm-hmm. people doing it, and it's what happened with COVID. Everybody cut back. Jason and I launched a company, and the people that followed us on that journey scaled agencies. Right? We scaled ours, and uh, that was pretty cool. It was scary. Yeah, I do. It I definitely do scary. Definitely I do scary. Agree. Uh, the, the good thing is that I'm I'm very versatile, so I'm not a one trick pony. So I can do commercial. Yeah. Um, I can do life insurance. So PNC is what everybody. PNC is the biggest part of our books. Commercial is something that's we need to add, and I'm pretty good at commercial. I'm pretty good at life insurance. So what I told the guys like, okay, we can't write auto, then let's write workers comp because we're good at it. You know, you guys, um, I hear them complain from time to time. Oh, I'm losing a price. I'm losing a price. Well, you know what? In workers' comp, we typically don't lose to price. We usually win deals in workers' comp here at Farmers. So, you know, making that adjustment is uh, easier for someone like me because I took the time to learn commercial. Right. And I talked to some of the bigger agents, even agents that have given me advice that put me in this very good position that I'm in. There's, they don't do commercial and they're struggling because they say, hey, we can't hire somebody to only do commercial. We don't have nobody to train them. I can do that. I can just get, I can just have my staff start writing commercial and I can train them myself. Right. You know, I don't have to bring somebody with experience in commercial. So, and even with life insurance, we do quite a bit of it here. And, you know, if as long as we're writing life insurance, those are good premiums. It keeps everybody, it keeps everybody, uh, you know, employed, working. And we don't have to uh, get rid of staff. Like I hear some some of my farmers colleagues talking about doing, and like that's not that's not what you want to do. This uh this to learn, you know, other stuff, get better. And you know what? When the floodgates close and uh, we can start growing, we're gonna be better prepared, and we'll be able to pick up right where we left off. And you know what? Even better than even better than twenty than we started earlier in twenty twenty three. Yeah, so I love it. I'm ex- I'm excited for farmers to pick everything back up and the guidelines to get better because the second they do, I think I have the system necessary to really win. Love it. So, what's the one number one recommendation that you give to all agents out there going into this into this new season? The one recommendation that I would tell them is do not scale back. This is the moment to scale forward. Keep on 
issuing insurance policies. If you have a 10-day hold, that's okay. Everybody else is doing it. So you're still win. You just got to keep on putting forward. You just cannot go backwards. You've came too far to let something like this set you back. You have to go forward. And that's that. Wise words. Love it. Victor, yep. thank you. You went the distance. Yeah. In an hour. I just say Love one it. thing. You burned sure. your bridge to being able to join the gang by fighting them. So you don't have that as a backup. You have to be successful at this. I, I bet, you know, unfortunately, I think my old boss is not even in town anymore. So, you know, if that bridge was still there, he's not here. I'd have to move out of the States. He did the right thing. He just says, hey, you know, I'm selling everything. I'm moving somewhere else. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> awesome, man.